Well, good morning. morning. As always, uh, a joy to be with God's people together and worship. Uh, As we read uh, the third commandment, as we we consider what it means uh, to remember the the Sabbath day this morning, one thing that I find is is often difficult for us is, is I think we in America, we kind of have the opposite problem that people in, in Jesus' day and during the New Testament had. Uh, where where the, the Sabbath day is, is a very difficult one for us, not because of sort of the, the legalistic boundaries that have been drawn around the Sabbath, but actually just because of a, a simple refusal to acknowledge and, and keep the Sabbath. Uh, we live in, in a culture that, that you know, maybe you're experiencing this right now, that ultimately values productivity. And, and oftentimes, human beings are valued based on their productivity. I mean, think of the way that, that we consider things, the way that we, we choose things. We choose them based on efficiency. So I'm going to choose the, the most efficient phone and the most efficient services, and, and I want my packages to be at my doorstep no less than two days after I click order. And the way that we choose products and services almost inevitably ends up shaping the way that we see human beings. You know, there, there's a, a word uh, that's often used to, to refer to, to people. Uh, you'll often hear this in, in political circles where, where we hear the term taxpayer. Right? I, I've got to serve the taxpayer. I've got to keep the taxpayers happy. Now, I certainly think it's, it's good and, and God-pleasing to pay your required taxes. But do you ever consider the, the subtext of, of, of referring to people as taxpayers? That your value to society is based on what? It's based on what you produce. And if you produce more, if you pay more in taxes, then you inherently contribute more to society. You're more valuable. You have more worth. But it's because of this view of of people based on productivity that I think we, as American Christians, perhaps need the Sabbath more than anyone else. And we need to pause and consider what does it mean to keep the Sabbath, not in the legalistic way that the Pharisees did, but in the way that God intended to to enjoy the blessing of the Sabbath. Consider again what's written in Exodus chapter 20. God says to his people through his servant Moses, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. So God says that the seventh day is to be a day of rest where you're supposed to set aside all productivity, set aside your work, set aside your labor, I take a day to stop, to rest, to pause. 
But this day of rest is, is not just a day of idleness, a day of doing nothing, but it is a day of rest set apart from work. God said is, says it is to be set apart to the Lord. In other words, the Sabbath day is intended to be a day of rest for the sake of worship. That's made even more clear if we take a look at that same commandment from Leviticus chapter 23. Verse 3 says this, Six days you shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. A holy convocation. That term there is a specific term intended to indicate a day where God's people are gathered together in an assembly much like this one. For what purpose? To worship. To sing God's praises. To hear His Word. To to remember who He says you are. It is a day set apart from work for the sake of worship. And not only is this day, this seventh day, a day of rest and worship commanded by God. But in Exodus chapter 20, God says this command has actually been woven into the very fabric of creation. Verse 11, in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it Holy From the very beginning, long before God gave His Word to Moses on Mount Sinai, He set the Sabbath day apart. The seventh day, He set it apart for a day of rest. From the very beginning, this pattern has been a part of our world that six days work is done, but then the seventh day, we take a day to stop, to rest, to remember you're a human being, not a human doing. This day of rest, it's been commanded by God. It's been woven into the fabric of creation. And yet, we seem to mess it up all the time, don't we? Of all the commandments, I think this is perhaps the one that for us as Americans is the most difficult to get straight. And and I think we often get it wrong in, in one of two ways. The first way that we get it wrong is is we just simply refuse to rest. We we simply refuse to, to take that seventh day to stop, to put our work aside, to leave productivity behind and simply rest in the Lord. Is anybody kind of in that place right now? Is anyone sitting there and and you're not taking sermon notes, you're writing down your to do list for the rest of the afternoon? Right, we, We've all been there. We've, we've sat in worship and we're anxious and we're worrying and fretting because we have all of these things to get done before we go back to work on Monday and we enter back into that daily grind of work and work and work. And I think one of the reasons that we fail to stop and rest is simply because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we take a day to stop and leave productivity behind, well, then we just won't have enough. 
we fear that if we stop our work, then we won't be able to make ends meet. That we won't be able to provide for ourselves and our families, and we won't be able to construct the lives that we so deeply long for. And we look around us and we see the guy next to us. Hey, he's not taking a day to stop. He's not taking a day to rest. She hasn't taken a vacation in months. And so if I stop and I rest and I take a moment to pause and leave productivity behind, well, I'm going to fall behind because no one else is stopping. No one else is resting. And so if I do, I won't be able to keep up. We fail to rest because we're afraid. We're afraid that we won't be able to provide if we stop productivity for even a moment. We're afraid that we'll fall behind and we won't be able to keep up with the Joneses if we simply take that day to stop and rest and worship the Lord. You know who's the worst at this? Pastors. <laughs> pastors are the absolute worst at this. And, and here's part of the reason is because I think pastors more than anyone else feel like they get a pass. They feel like they get to sort of sanctify their workaholic attitude and, and just simply look around and say, you know what, the kingdom depends on it. I'm going to work myself to exhaustion because the enemy doesn't rest. Right? Satan, he's working all the time. I'll rest when I die, but for now I need to labor, I need to work, I need to go and go and go because the kingdom depends on it, Right? As if the kingdom of God depends on me. But you see, I think at the end of the day, for pastors, just like everyone else, the failure to rest ultimately just comes from fear. Afraid that if we don't work ourselves to the bone, then, then the seats won't be filled. The tithing won't be where it's supposed to be. That we won't get recognized like the guy next to us did or, or the church down the street. We refuse to rest because we're afraid that if we do, things will fall apart. Now there's a, a, another way that, that we often get this wrong. I think it's the one that I'm most susceptible to. It's the one that my generation is very susceptible to. You see, I think what happened is my generation is, is we watched our parents and our grandparents and we saw this sort of workaholic attitude and, and we're like, I don't know if I want that. And so if you look around at, at young professionals today, many young professionals are very, very protective of their time off. I'll do whatever you want Monday to Friday, but when it comes to Saturday and Sunday, don't you even dare. Right? No one better be getting sick and going to the hospital on my day off. How dare you? You see, what the problem is, is, is that for, I think, many of us, many particularly in my generation, is while we may rest, we fail to rest for the sake of worship. And all of our rest becomes just about ourselves. That my time off, my time to rest is simply about me. It's about pursuing my hobbies and going to brunch and taking time to treat yourself because I've been working so hard 
and I put in so much time and so much effort and I'm trying to pay off these student loans, I deserve some time for me. What's interesting is is Martin Luther in, in the large catechism, he says there's actually nothing uniquely Christian about this. He says, look around, even a non even a non-Christian can spend his day, spend a day in rest and idleness. There's nothing Christian about self-care. There's nothing Christian or uniquely Christian about taking time just to focus on me. You see, here's the problem that's evident when we break the Sabbath. When we refuse to stop and rest for the sake of worship. Whether it's because we're workaholics and we feel like we can't take a moment to be unproductive. Or if we're insistent on our rest time, but our rest time is all about us. So I think the central problem is the same. Is that we've placed ourselves at the center. The problem for those who refuse to rest and those whose rest is all about themselves is simply idolatry. It's still back to that first commandment. When we refuse to rest, what we're saying is my provision, my production is all dependent on me. That I need to take care of myself. That I need to provide for myself. I need to make the life that I've always wanted. It's all up to me and it's all about me. And we do the same thing with our rest. We think our rest is all about me. And it's up to me to pursue all these hobbies and activities to find my enjoyment in life because every other part of it is just exhaustion. But you see, the reality is, is, is whether we're workaholics or we're resting solely for ourselves, what we will find is we'll find ourselves simply caught in this endless cycle where we have to take time to rest in order to work that job that stresses us out. But then we have to work that job that stresses us out in order to have time and money and resources to do the rest activities that we want. And the more that we rest, the more we need to work. And the more we work, the more we need to rest. And it just goes and it goes and it goes. And what we will always miss is the gift of the Sabbath. Because that's what God intended it to be all along. The Sabbath is a gift that God has given to His people. In our Gospel lesson this morning, Jesus is is walking through these grain fields with His disciples. And it's the Sabbath day. and, And they're not really doing much of anything. They're just kind of walking. They're out for a stroll. And Jesus' disciples begin plucking heads of grain off the grain fields, and eating them. And the Pharisees, they they see this going on, and and so they begin to accuse Jesus and accuse his disciples. And Jesus says, well, what about David? When David was king, he and his men, they went into the temple, and it was the Sabbath day, and they ate the bread of the presence, which is not meant for them, but only for the priests to eat. Did he violate God's law? Did he break the Sabbath? And in Mark's account of this same story, he includes this word from Jesus, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, 
Sabbath was made for man. Not the other way around. And one greater than the Sabbath. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It was never intended to be a work. Something for us to do to please God. It was never meant to be a day for us to sort of take care of ourselves. But what the Sabbath was always meant to be was this day set apart from work for the sake of worship so that we would simply stop and delight in being God's people. Simply stop and delight in the fact that we have a God who loves to take care of us, a God who loves to provide for His children. There's a woman by the name of of Marva Dawn who is a a wonderful theologian and and writer. And she has a book uh, that came out, I believe, the year I was born. (laughs) And it's called Keeping the Sabbath Holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Keeping the Sabbath Holy. And and if you're looking for for something to read on, on what it means to keep the Sabbath and really the gift and the blessing of keeping the Sabbath. I can't recommend uh, another book that's, that's better than this one. I love what she says about what it means and, and the gift that it is to keep the Sabbath. She says this, A great benefit of Sabbath keeping is that we learn to let God take care of us. Not by becoming passive or lazy, but in the freedom of giving up our feeble attempts to be God in our own lives. I love that. The Sabbath is about us letting go. Letting go of all of our silly, foolish, feeble attempts to be God in our own lives. Whether that's looking to ourselves to provide when that's God's job. Or looking to ourselves for rest when it's only God who provides that. The Sabbath is about stopping. It is about ceasing productivity and simply letting go And letting God be God so we don't have to be. I can't help but hear in those words an an echo of the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 when he says to the people gathered around him, he says, Come to me. Come to me, you who are weary, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You won't give yourselves rest. I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke, take my teaching upon you. Learn from me because I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart. And in me, you'll find rest for your souls, Jesus says. Because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Come to me, Jesus says, you who are stressed out. You who are working 60 and 80 hour weeks, working yourselves to the point of exhaustion, Jesus says, come to me. Let me provide for you. I'll give you rest. He says, you, you who are looking to every activity under the sun to find your rest, put that all aside and come to me. Because in me you'll find rest, not just for your bodies, but for your very soul. Come to the one who calls himself Lord of the Sabbath. 
Come to the one who goes to the cross for you. Come to the one who has laid down his life and who works tirelessly so you would know his salvation and so that you would experience rest, not just for one day a week, but for all eternity. Come to Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Because in him and him alone, you will find your rest. Amen? Amen. Amen.